Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Today, I want to take it a step further. We want to talk about the church I see is a victorious church. Christians who daily put on their armor and plunder hell. We do not back down. We do not bow down or turn away. We overcome, we conquer, and we vanquish the lure of this world. Okay, we got to try that again. The church I see really victorious Do you know what it means to be victorious, the champion, the conquerors, the ones who overcome? It's weak, Pastor Rick. That's a a little weak. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we are in a very real war, and we're fighting a very real enemy. And the real enemy that we fight wants to destroy you. And we need to be aware of that. That's why it's so important that we put on the armor of God every day. How many know what the armor of God is? Okay, for the rest of you. We have the shoes of peace. We have our loins girded about with truth. The breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation. And it's all activated by the faith. And also, don't forget your weapon, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And see, when you go out every day, you need to put your armor on so that you can be best equipped to go to war. If you go to war without the right equipment, you're going to lose. If you're not operating in faith, you're going to have a really hard time living a Christian life. That's the reality of it. You know, we go to war against the real enemy who wants us to, but see, when you wear the armor, it's interesting because when you're putting on the nature of Christ, which the armor all talks about, we start looking like Jesus. And if you're looking like Jesus and you're acting like Jesus, I think somewhere in there the devil gets confused and he starts having a hard time telling the difference. Now, how many of you have been coming on Wednesday nights and you know we're working through the book of Acts? Some of you. On Wednesday nights, we learned that we are members of the kingdom of God as sons and daughters. We're we're sons and daughters in the kingdom. And God has placed us here on earth as ambassadors. We represent his kingdom wherever we go. And your job as an ambassador of Jesus is to take the mission of the kingdom out to the culture. So you dress up in your armor and you go and you preach the good news to people. The message about Jesus that I just shared at baptism a minute ago. It's easy. But then we lay hands on sick people, they get better. We cast out demons, they leave. We minister to the oppressed and they find peace. We demonstrate the love of Jesus and the values of the kingdom of God to the culture. That's our mandate as the church. That's our mandate as Christians. 
Christ's followers. And we're at war with this very real enemy who's trying to destroy us, so it's important that we learn how to fight. It's important that we learn how to become victorious. Now, the good news is Jesus went to a cross. He went into the ground dead, but God raised him up. And suddenly, you've got a risen Savior who's alive. He conquered death. There's not too many that beat death. You get the odd one who gets a temporary extension. <laughs> but all of us are going to die one day. Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered hell. Jesus conquered this world system. Jesus conquered sickness. Jesus conquered oppression. Jesus conquered the enemy. Because he conquered, we can conquer. Because we're authorized because we're his ambassadors. Because we're his representatives here on earth. So if he conquers sin, we can conquer sin. But we have to learn how to conquer sin. Most of us have to understand that the primary war that you will fight is right here. So let's try this. Look at your neighbor. See, there's a war going on in there. Look at your neighbor or your other neighbor. I told you so. You see, we are all engaged in a war with our thoughts. And if we learn how to fight our thoughts, if we learn how to wrestle in our mind with the thoughts that come, it will either determine, it's going to determine the outcome. Because if you align your thoughts with truth from the Word of God, what's going to happen? You're going to choose right. If you don't align your thoughts with the truth from the Word of God, what's going to happen? You're going to choose wrong. We want to choose right. So we have to learn how to wrestle. We need to learn how to align our thoughts with truth. I was going to change the name of your class this morning because, you know, victory over addictions. Not, really, it's how to think right. How to align our thoughts with our words so that we can get the results we want in life, right? But because we're in a real war, we need to have an understanding of something. True victory is most fully realized in surrender. You really want to be victorious as a Christian? It's, you got to surrender. You surrender your will. You surrender your rights. I have rights. So do I, but I lay them down every day at the cross. Because I'd rather experience the rights that I have as a citizen of heaven than I would experience as a citizen of Canada. So we lay our rights down, we lay our dreams down, we lay our desires down, we lay down what our flesh wants, and we take on what Jesus wants. We take on the nature of Christ. True surrender is going to cost you something. I was talking a little bit first service. I have a daughter who likes to run, and she wanted me to qualify this. She runs a lot, but there's some people that train with her that run a little bit more than she does. So if she runs six days a week, they run seven days a week. Okay, but my point is this, when you run, usually the one who is the most disciplined over a long period of time is the ones who start excelling above the other ones that aren't quite as disciplined. Okay, 
So, you know, I, I, I tell my daughter, you're a little distracted. You play basketball, you play soccer, you've got friends, you know, you're, you're committed, but you're, you're not quite as committed as some of the ones who like wake up every day and run and they only eat certain foods. And, and she's a good runner, but I would anticipate that little adjustment in the discipline with it can mean the difference between finishing a little bit back and finishing towards the, the, the very front, right? And you know what? She's a great runner. I'm thrilled. I mean, how many of you like to run every day? Yeah, somewhere after age 18 or 19, something clicks inside of us and we say, why would I want to do that? <laughs> We have to surrender to Christ. There was a man that lived 1927 to 1956. He was a missionary in Ecuador. And him and some friends were ministering to a people group and, and they wanted to go minister to this other group. So they flew over with the plane and they dropped some gifts and then they set up a camp outside of the, the village area and they made friends with one of the guys and unfortunately he kind of lied about their intentions. So when they actually came to share faith, all five of them were murdered. And it wasn't until later, it wasn't until later his wife, widowed wife and his, and his daughter and, and one of the other guy's wives, and one of the ants, they walked across to the men that murdered their husbands and they, they brought Jesus to them, to that tribe. Yeah. It's a pretty powerful story. His name was Jim Elliott. But he made a journal entry that's quite challenging, but quite powerful, shortly before he took that last journey. And he said, he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. Doesn't that sound like Jesus talking in Matthew 16? Verse 25. Can we put that up on the screen? Matthew 16, 25. And you see, I understand that there's many iterations of it throughout history, but it comes from this teaching that Jesus has where he's talking about if you would like to keep your life, you're going to have to lose it. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. For his sake. So in losing, we live. It's a paradox. I get it. It's going to cost you something in surrender if you want to conquer sin. You have to change the way you think. You have to start putting the word of God in instead of putting some of the other stuff in. But see, true victory only comes from a surrendered life when we learn to discipline ourselves each day to connect with our Creator. And we put aside the works of the flesh and we take on the nature of Christ. That's where we most fully realize victory inside of our lives. I'm telling you, if you want to conquer alcohol addiction, you're going to have to give up the alcohol. You have to surrender something. That's an easy one. If you want to fully experience God's power in your life, you have to lay down your pride. Yeah. 
And what happens is when we as Christians align our thoughts with God's best plan for us, we become victorious in many arenas inside of our life. And this is the whole idea. We're a victorious church. I don't want to see people just thrilled and happy when they come here. That's a byproduct. That's a part of it. But I want you to be thrilled and happy every day. We want to be victorious over sin in our lives every day. Why? Because the weight of sin, you don't have to deal with the consequences of sin in your life. Yes, Jesus will forgive us, but the consequences are messy in the natural world. So, God wants us all to have victory over sin in 1 John chapter 5. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome, for every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So there's a, there's a war going on. You're in it. But if you love God, what are you going to do? You're going to obey His commandments. And his commandments are not what? Burdensome. He says in another place, Jesus is talking, and he says, come to me all you who are, what, weary, heavy laden? For my yoke is, and my burden is. Hey, you guys are good. You've read your Bible. I like that. Now let's apply it. It's not hard to live the Christian life. Oh, it's so hard, brother. I'm just holding on. You're doing it wrong. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But let's think about that. If I take the pain and get healing and restoration and, rest, and, and wholeness, and I take the shame and I get rid of it and the guilt and get rid of it, and I get love and I get peace and I get joy, I'm going to say that's a pretty good exchange. I'm going to say that's a pretty good deal. Oh, come on. When we come to Christ, it's a good deal for humans. Jesus had to die and go into the earth for a few days and beat hell and conquer death. I mean, because he did that, we don't have to. We can just access the freedom that he purchased for us. It's, it's a great exchange. But see, it's that obedience to his commands that starts operating inside of our life and we, as his ambassadors, go forth and defeat evil. But it starts when you defeat evil in your own life, in your own heart. But you can't do that on your own. And there's a lot of Christians that lose and lose and lose and get discouraged and depressed and disillusioned because you're trying to fight a real enemy in the arm of the flesh. And in your own power and strength, you are not strong enough to defeat Satan. Can't do it. He's an ancient spiritual being. You are no match for him in your flesh. I don't care how strong you think you are. But see, what happens is the Spirit of God comes in and takes over. And then we align ourselves with what God says and we put on his armor and we take on his nature and we're living in the kingdom of light and God comes in and does the work. You just have to trust him. 
open your heart up to him and allow him to come in and make the adjustments inside of your life. That's the heartbeat of Christianity. Jesus, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm trusting that you're going to work in me today. You have free reign, Lord, to come into my life and make whatever adjustments you feel is necessary because I'm going to lay down the stuff that gets in the way and I'm going to allow you to come in. And when you give him free reign in your heart, but you have to trust. Some of you have a hard time trusting. You don't trust yourself. You don't trust your wife or husband. You don't trust your friends. You don't trust, you don't trust no one. You don't even trust God. That's going to make it a little tough. You're going to have to get past that. You don't have to get past that. It's really hard to serve God wholeheartedly if you got trust issues. But he has proven himself trustworthy, so it's not too hard. It's not too hard. Now, wow, we have some encounter testimonies coming in in a few minutes. Now, in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8, you know, we're not going to back down, we're not going to bow down, we're not going to turn away. I won't bend, I won't break, I won't bow, as the old song said, right? But in Jonah 2.8, it says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. And I know we don't have this one for the screen, but there's another translation that renders it, those who regard and follow worthless idols turn away from their living source of mercy and loving kindness. We have to, must, imperative must, must get rid of worthless idols inside of our life. Anything in your heart that takes the place that God should have in your heart and in your life is an idol. It needs to go. They're worthless and they produce nothing for you. And they disconnect you from the mercy and loving kindness of the Creator, which is something that you need desperately. I do. And see, the idols we have today, they tend to look a little different than some of the idols they used to have back in the, you know, ancient Near East culture. We don't have statues anymore that we worship. But there's all kinds of things that we put into God's place. What are some of the things that we put into God's place? Some of us put our work in place of God. Some of us put our family in His place. Maybe your children or your husband or your wife. Maybe your mother or father. Some of you put your hobbies in place of God. Maybe it's your car or your boat. Nothing wrong with cars or boats, but if they take the place of God in your life, there's an issue. You see, what are the idols we have? Maybe it's our accomplishments our achievements. Is there something in your life that sits on the throne? You know, I was talking about sports earlier. I have nothing against sports, but if sports take the place of God on the throne of your heart, there's an issue. It's out of alignment. It's out of balance. I have a friend, when he first came to Christ, he had to step away from a lot of that stuff for like five, six years till he got his relationship with Christ going really well. And then he allowed it back with limits and accountability, and he's doing great. But there was a time when it was an idol in his life, and he realized that, so he laid it down. Do you know what you eat can become an idol in your life? 
So what we have to do is we have to look at our lives honestly and say, if there's an idol, we've got to get rid of the worthless idols. They're not helping us. They only prohibit us from becoming all that God has for us and all that God wants us to do. Ed Stetzer, he said, idols come easy. They're easy to put up in our heart, you know, but they go hard. It's easy to make something an idol. It's a little more difficult to knock it off of its throne. But see, we're Christians. So what we do as Christians is we get into the presence of God and we lay down our will, we lay down our rights, we lay down our stuff, and we let Jesus ascend to the throne of our heart. We do this in worship. Why is it so awesome when we come together as a corporate body and we lift up holy hands and we worship our king? He's worthy of worship. He's the only one worthy of worship. We don't worship people, but we have a very talented group of people that come up here week after week, Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, they come up all the time, and they lead us in worship to the king. Our job is to open our hearts and we engage in worship. Why? He's worthy. I'm not worthy of worship, but Jesus is worthy of worship. So when I come here, I want to worship Jesus. I'll lift up my holy hands to Jesus. I was joking with the men on the encounter this weekend, and you know, you hear them say, oh, I wish people would get excited about church as they do hockey and football and stuff. And so one of my friends sent me a little meme, and it was talking about how, yeah, I got as excited in church as I did, and the church asked me not to do that anymore. And they said, well, what'd you do? He goes, I dumped the Gatorade bucket over the pastor after the message. <laughs> Pastor Rick's present today, so if you want to get excited, he's going <laughs> to... We overcome the world. In John 16, I've told you all this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Hey, if you're alive, how many of you are alive? Some of you are more excited about that than others. <laughs> but the, the Bible says you're going to have some trials, you're going to have some sorrows. It's going to happen if you're alive. Get used to it. But the good news is take heart, have courage. Why? Because I have overcome the world. So we might have some challenges in this life, but Jesus has helped us to overcome those challenges already. We overcome, we conquer we vanquish this world. It doesn't have authority over us. We have authority over the world. See, we have to start thinking differently because as Christians, God has called us his sons and his daughters, and he has enabled us as his ambassadors to take his kingdom to the culture. We represent him here on earth, and when you walk in the kingdom, you walk with his authority, you walk with his power. We represent the king. Some of you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I represent the king. That'll change the way you see yourself. So we walk in the authority and the power of Jesus. 
Here, Jesus has overcome the world. We overcome the world. I have one more for you. We were designed to conquer temptation. It's part of who we are now. We read it at the beginning. Raylan read it for us in Romans 12, verse 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We can conquer evil every day. Why? Because we're Christians. We listen to the Holy Spirit. He comes in our life and he heals us. He restores us to wholeness. He changes us from the inside out. He brings us to a place that we weren't. And he gives us ability that we didn't have. And he releases his presence in our life and suddenly something changes. And now we have the ability to go out and do good. You know, there's all kinds of crazy things that happen in our world. If all goes well, I'm hoping to talk to you about some of these things more intentionally. But in the meantime, we have to have an understanding that we conquer evil by doing good. It doesn't matter what people do to you, we have to learn to respond properly. Here's my big transparent moment. I talked a few weeks ago, I said it's dangerous if you pray for patience. Does anyone remember that? And I was kind of making a point not to pray for patience right now. I'm praying for love. I guess it's linked. <laughs> Last couple of weeks, it doesn't matter where I go, what I'm doing. I go to drive somewhere and someone will pull out in front of me and go half the speed limit. I had a lady stop in the middle of two lanes the other day so I couldn't get around her on either side. Just stopped in the middle of here online. And she just sat there. I'm like, what are you doing? And at first I was getting really irritated and my wife's laughing at me, ha ha. God must be trying to work something out in you. So I'm trying to just, okay, God, I'm going to bless them. <laughs> kind of bringing myself, God, I'm blessing them. The kids are like, Dad, why are you blessing them? I'm like, because I have to right now. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, but sometimes we make the right choice and respond as we should, and we're going to get the result we want. Sometimes we don't always respond like we should. I told them at first service. I responded inappropriately one time. I didn't go in love. The neighbor kid decided to clean all the dog stuff out of his backyard and he dumped it over the fence into my backyard. I should have bought him lunch. I missed an opportunity. So at two in the morning, I took the shovel and I gave it back. On the jacuzzi tub, on the porch, on the patio, on the table. I don't care where it landed. I remember the look on the kid's face when his dad was kind of asking him what happened. I don't have a dog, I don't know. I made a point to just tell God, okay, God, I won't do that next time. I just hope there's not a next time, but I could have responded better. See my point? <laughs> we all have those moments. That was a long, long, long time ago. At least 10 years. <laughs> I've come a long way in 10 years.
How about you? But see, God's working in us. And, and when we don't respond appropriately, we just have to take the test again. So that's why I started blessing people in the car because I figured people are going to pull in front of me and drive slow until I figure out how to get this right. You know, twice in the last week, I've gone to go home and the ramp has been closed and I've had to go around a different way. Twice. Thank you, Jesus. I am learning to align my response with where I want to go. Why? Because otherwise I'm going to keep taking this test. And some of you keep going around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain. Let it go. Let it die. Because we have to come to the place in our life where we are fully submitted to God's plan for our life and we're developing in his nature and in his character. And as we transform, we better reflect his image to the world that we live in. So I, I want to try something right now. Can you all stand up with me? Now, there's some people that have been on a weekend and God has touched their life and they've left some things at the cross and they've got some victories and they've won some battles and, you know, God's brought them a long way. And I don't know about you, but I get excited when people find freedom. Do you get excited when people find freedom? So as they enter today, and I know we'll probably play some music, but I'd really like us to have an excited shout to our king for the goodness of God that he has worked in the lives of these men and women that are entering right now. So let's give it up to Jesus for all he's done. Thank you, Lord. That's a good spot. you got free this weekend. 
Anyway, God bless you all. I pray that your weekend was an encounter with Jesus. So those of you that are going to share your testimonies, you can stay up here. The rest of you can find your way to your chairs or find a chair somewhere. There's lots of chairs over here and over there. And then I think I'd like to ask all the guides to remain standing for a second. The guides, uh, the men can come over here and line up, and the women can go over there. And all of you can be seated. Unless you were a guide on the weekend, I want you to remain standing for a second. So we see up here Pastor Luke and Pastor uh, Mike, almost Pastor Mike, yeah, right? Uh, Pastor Rick and Kathy. We had Lady Christine and Cynthia and Shannon and Wendy and Liz and Lorraine, my wife Brian and Pastor Howie. I see Kelly and Dale and Lady Marcia. Listen, these people poured out of their lives into people this weekend and changed lives and transformed hearts because they allowed the Holy Spirit to minister through them. And I'd like to give them a round of applause for all their labor of love. There's Derek. Where's Dones? I didn't see Dones. Okay, I did already in the service both times. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys. You can all sit down now. All right, ladies, gentlemen, we've got five ladies and five men. Perfect. You want to go ladies first? Sure. Ladies first. Good morning, WCF. Um, on Encounter Weekend, it's always so awesome to see what always amazes me is just the transformation God does from the Friday night to Sunday morning. It's amazing what God does. So to see just their countenance change completely and the, just the lift to their spirits. So it's awesome. So I hope you're blessed and encouraged by um, what you hear today. And hopefully if you haven't been on an encounter, you will go on an encounter. Amen. Hi, my name is Amy. Um, I'm usually shy, especially with a lot of people, but I'm not shy now to, to share my experience with God. Um, me and my husband have a rough marriage, and I always pray, Lord, um, because he's, he doesn't believe at all. So maybe if he go believe in you, and then it will help us. And my prayers got answered, but it's not easy. But, you know, he's there sitting right now, um, supporting everybody. And uh, he's the one who brought me to the encounter. And in the encounter, I learned to let go and let God. Uh, and thank you. I forgive you. <laughs> I'm sure he forgives you too. Yeah. <laughs> and Hi, oh. I'm Linda. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience this weekend of going deeper and expanding my view of God. I had a very difficult time on the cross when we watched The Passion of the Christ. If I was at home watching that movie, I would have taken my glasses off. I would have put a book in front of me. I would have done anything but watch that. And sitting in my chair, the Holy Spirit told me I had to look. And I looked, and I see the violence, and I see the grossness of the torture and the things that Jesus was put through. But I also saw the depth of the love that he had for me. I, I understood it so much more than I ever had before. And it helps, 
it helps me to know, of course, that I'm loved so much, and it helps me to love other people. The cross is everything, and it's enough, and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to learn more, to experience more of everything that God has done for me. Amen. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is my third encounter. I'm pretty new to this church. Oh, my name is Joanna Markowitz. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, this is my third encounter. I'm pretty new to this church. I actually, the first time I stepped in here, uh, I signed up for my first encounter, and I've been going to each one, one right after the other. So this is a third. And um, this, is, this is the most prominent. Um, I... Several years ago, I walked away from the church. It wasn't like I didn't know God, but somebody offended me, and I thought I was a person who doesn't get offended. But I learned that it can sneak up on you. So I got offended, and I couldn't get over the emotions, and I left the church, and I decided I can do life without the church. I can just do me and God. I'll pop in once in a while, but I'm not doing all this Christian stuff anymore. So I took life back into my hands, and I just decided to, um, you know, do it my way. And I ended up, um, right before I came to this church, a few weeks before that, a psychiatrist told me I was bipolar, I needed to be on medicine, and I didn't accept that. Um, I knew I had to change life, I was, it changed my life. Um, and I didn't know how, and I wasn't going back to the church, because there was this big wall, and I'm not being like those Christians anymore. So, um, but I just woke up one morning and I said, you know, I just got to get to church. And this was the only one open because I sleep in. So it was open at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I made it here. I signed up for an encounter. It's honestly been an uncomfortable journey. But I thank God because this encounter, I decided that I truly decided I'm not going to be, you know, halfway in the world, halfway in church anymore. I'm not going to be a lukewarm Christian. That's not me. I'm all in, and um, I'm so happy that I get to have this relationship with God. Thank you. Hello. My name is Nicola, and I don't attend this church, but that's because I'm from Edmonton. <laughs> I was invited by uh, my lovely friends, the Downies, and they told me to come out here because... I have been carrying the spirit of fear for about 40 years. It started with a brain injury when I was a baby that Satan manifested into seizures that would send a message that my life was in danger. Instead of convulsing, I would go into panic attack mode. And miraculously, when I was 20, I was cured of that. But Satan didn't want to let go of that. So shortly afterwards, I suffered a severe trauma that caused me to have PTSD. I went through counseling and I thought it was done, but the person who caused that trauma uh, resurfaced about seven months ago and I have been off work for seven months dealing with PTSD symptoms like nightmares and flashbacks and such. And Friday night, God reminded me of when I was a little girl, how my mom feared because I was fearless. And I had no fear in me, and she was always worried that I was going to end up in a situation. But I held on to that. God made me fearless. 
And on the deliverance night, I couldn't help myself but drop to my knees. And I was on the same level that I was when I was that little girl. And I remembered that I was fearless. And this weekend was the end of fear. Amen. Hi, my name is Debbie. First of all, I'd like to thank my friend Barb and Angel for bringing me here. Um, I, uh, when I came on Friday, I was very heavy-hearted, but I didn't realize how heavy-hearted I was. I've been 20 months clean and sober. <laughs> but I've heard a lot of people in active addiction and um, my family. And I've been told a hundred times, 200 times since then that God has forgiven me, but I didn't believe it until deliverance. And I finally realized he has forgiven me. So now I can forgive myself and I have hope today. So I can leave here with hope for the first time in a long time. Thank you. Al. Hi, my name's Al. It's my first encounter. Uh, 50 years ago exactly, I accepted Christ as my Savior as an 8-year-old boy. Uh, grew up in an um, evangelical Christian home. Um, but I, and I grew up uh, basically based on the verse, John 3:16, for God so loved the world. But I was never ever to, able to internalize the fact that God loved me personally, me. Not just the whole building, not everybody, just me. And he loved me and he had a plan for me. So I went through life the last 50 years. About three years ago, something really traumatic happened to my family that just, um, what it did to me is it just caused me not to care anymore. Because I really didn't think God cared either. So I kind of showed up this weekend with the, the word that would apply to me would be apathy. You know, I grew up in an evangelical church. So when it came to men's conferences and and marriage conferences and everything like that. I can literally say, been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. So, I mean, that's basically where I came from, and um, I wasn't really sure about anything. And then, um, just through some words, through the teaching, through the fellowship, um, through the Holy Spirit, um, for the first time in 50 years, I can actually look at you and say, I know God loves me, and he cares. And he, he, he cares about my life, and he cares about a vision for me, and he cares about a, a, a purpose for me. And so that's, um, that's what this weekend has done for me. Thanks, Al. Hi, I'm Austin. Um, <laughs> um, this weekend, I, I can't really explain what happened. Um, one of my biggest fears is actually public speaking, but that's why I'm up here right now. Um, <laughs> So, um, uh, a little bit about me before I came here. Um, my grandparents took me in off the street like three weeks ago. Uh, I've been a drug addict since about about 15 with different substances. But uh, before I could find God, I had to literally find out what hell on earth was. And uh, I ended up a homeless junkie. I was uh, injecting crystal meth and on the verge of death. Uh, I've been arrested multiple times this year. I've been in psych wards. I've, uh, I've tried everything. I've been to rehab centers. And I didn't know what to expect coming here this weekend. But uh, I can't explain what happened when uh, I knelt at the cross and during the deliverance, uh, I just felt an overwhelming sensation of peace wash over my entire body from my head to my toes. And uh, 
<laughs> I, uh, I know God's real, and I know there's a reason I'm alive, because uh, quite frankly, I should be dead. <laughs> I really should be dead with a lot of things I've done, and I'm still here for a purpose. So uh, thank you to all the pastors. You guys, you guys are amazing. And this was a truly remarkable weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Hi, everyone. I'm Marty. Really grateful to be here, and uh, I want to thank all the pastors for all their work and, and their personal testimonies, because that's what won me to this church when I went to my first encounter. This is my third encounter, and uh, uh, that's what this church has been like awesome to me, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. And uh, this encounter weekend, I wasn't planning on coming. I wanted to go and kind of asked Tim if he wanted to go, but he had a wedding to go to, and I said, oh, I think I'll go or might not go, but... Uh, I got a phone call from Ted there a couple of days ago, well, it would be on Wednesday, and uh, he said, you know, there's some guy who's kind of stuck right now, you want to give him a call? So I gave him a call and said, hey, do you want to get together? And he said, uh, well, no, not really. And I said, okay, well, anyways, we had a little bit of talk. And um, anyways, uh, we prayed on it, and uh, this renewed my power of prayer, I'll tell you, this weekend just the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer. So we prayed on it. All of a sudden, I get a call from this guy the next day. He says, let's go out for a coffee. You know, he's really stuck. So we went out for a coffee, and um, I don't know what came over me. I said, you want to go to an encounter weekend? He said, yeah, just like that, right out of the blue. I just went, whoa, you know, like... Uh, so anyways, he came, and I said, well, I know I'm going, so i got to go with him. So he said, I'm glad you're coming. And I said, I'm glad I'm coming too. So, you know, <laughs> I need a little help sometimes to get here. But uh, uh, during the weekend, um, you know, some of the pastors said they loved me, and um, I got to say I love them back. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart to love another person that way. And uh, I'm really grateful that the Holy Spirit came in, and he showed me uh, some strongholds that, Satan had on me and it came in subtly and uh, justified and um, I wasn't living the way I should be and now I know I have the power through the Holy Spirit through Jesus and through the church and the fellowship that I'm going to be able to get through this through Jesus not myself I was relying on myself again and I keep doing that but I slow learner but <laughs> thanks to you guys uh, I'm learning a little bit more every day so thank you very much. Hey, Marty, that's a great evangelism technique. Hey, I just met you, <laughs> but this weekend, let's go on an encounter. I love it. Isaac. Praise God, Judge. My name is Isaac, and I just, I really thank God for the opportunity being given to come for this encounter, and the main reason that's why I came here is for a refreshment in my spiritual life, and indeed, God did more than the refreshing, and he did something in my life, and I can truly feel it. Um, I had lots of doubts, and uh, I, uh, many times I questioned my faith because um, I prayed, and uh, like I questioned my faith, and, uh, but through this encounter weekend, I can finally believe that God loves me regardless of my past, and I also had this worry in me about what other people think, but it doesn't matter. God's love in my life is regardless of other people's opinion. And it's through this encounter that I, can, that, that I can now believe that God has placed a dream in my life for me to discover and fulfill. God has placed me with a unique vision in my life for me to discover my calling and purpose. And yeah, and um, I'm really, I'm like, 
pumped up and I believe that God is going to help me not only to leave this, the, the encouragements that I have in me here, but I'll, I'll be able to put it out there as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Isaac. Zach. I'm Zach. Uh, man, is that the floor shaker? Is you're, that my you're knees? Doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing just fine. Um, for you that don't know, uh, the guy that Marty was talking about, that was me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've struggled with drug addiction for the past 14 years. And uh, yeah, God works in and through other people and he put Marty in my path. And uh, yeah, I said, let's go, let's do this. And um, so I came here and what sticks out to me the most about this weekend is uh, the little video we've seen where it says, be a lion, not a sheep. And uh, that's just what I see I've gotten wrong in my past is I've been a follower, I've been a sheep, following the wrong herd, following the wicked, following the dark. And uh, now I'm, uh, I'm set up in a couple of weeks to go to Sault Ste. Marie, go to Teen Challenge and get it right with God. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just a big reminder that that's what I got to be. I got to be a lion when I go out there because there are going to be people there for the wrong reasons and there are going to be uh, challenges my way. And I just got to remember that um, just got to be a lion and I got a new family and I got some new friends and uh, people are going to be standing behind me. So I got fear of the unknown, but uh, I just know God's watching over me. And uh, yeah, anyways, the weekend's been great. Thanks. Awesome, Zach. Thank you for sharing. Stand up with us. It's very exciting hearing what God is doing in people's lives. We're going to open the altars in a moment for people to pray with you. If you want someone to agree in faith with you for whatever reason, the ministry teams will be down here. Remember, if you're a little shy, Jack and Lynn are standing right here. For those of you that are coming off the weekend, or maybe some of you that haven't, you know, our Connect class is running Wednesday night and next Sunday morning at 9. You're going to want to be there if you've never taken it. It's a great opportunity for you to get connected to God's master plan for your life, and we would love to see you there. So let's lift our hands to heaven as we go. Father, I thank you for the men and women here today. I thank you for your grace upon us as a congregation. And there's been much fruit from this weekend, Lord, in the lives of men and women. And I thank you that we can preserve the fruit and maintain the victories won, that no one will go backwards, but we will continue to press forward towards the goal in Christ. So we bless the congregation today as we go forth to establish your kingdom here in Windsor. I thank you, Lord, that you're directing our steps and ordering our path. God bless you all. Have the best week of your life. Yeah, if you're visiting with us, we'll see you down the hall in our visitor's room as well. God bless you.